in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, and joined by my co-host and that uh, blur, uh, Chris Dewar. <laughs> Watch out for him huh? on the track. Yeah, there he is. Uh, today's edition of Potential Picks, we're reviewing the latest theatrical release, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's our action-adventure film based on the video game franchise of the same name, published by Sega. This film was a screenplay written by Pat Casey, Josh Miller, John Whittington, directed by Jeff Fowler. So Chris and I, we, uh, we were very excited. Actually, I think it was right uh, before... What was it right before the pandemic had started? The first one had come out. Like it was, it would be just like a year before. I think or... it came out. It came out in February of 2020. Yeah. So this is probably one of the few I had seen just before everything shut down. I've been one of the last movies. Yeah. I think we saw just before everything shut down. Um, and it was a surprise. I think Sound of the Hedgehog, you know, we've talked about video game films on this podcast before. We did a whole episode on it this season. Check it out. And it was actually a rarity where. You know, you you kind of like, well, how are you going to take that concept of, you know, a lot of the levels are so, you know, the Mushroom Kingdom or this kingdom or underwater. And so how are you going to turn that into a film? And they found a cute way to make it where, you know, having Ben Schwartz be the voice of Sonic, this really, he's very charismatic. He has a lot of great humor. Jim Carrey as Robotnik, over the top, the villain. And finding a way to kind of tell a story. It was a clever way to be like, this is how we make a live action Sonic film. And it did really well, even for coming out right when the pandemic did. And so naturally, we're going to get a sequel. And when we saw that the first poster and trailer was going to be like, oh, we have Tails coming in and Knuckles, a lot of people got excited that that was going to be where 2 was going to go. Uh, because I think, you know, as much as Sonic is a very beloved character, if you're a big Sonic fan, Tails and Knuckles are right behind as for some people, their favorite characters. Which is interesting in terms of like franchises goes, you know, everyone's like, it's Mario. I'm always playing as Mario. Luigi, maybe. Um, well, I prefer Luigi to Mario, actually. Always well, have. Yeah. <laughs> He's taller. So, like me. But uh, before we go on to review, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. I had to do it very Jim Carrey just because. Uh, you need man, more mushrooms, but other than that, it was perfect. More mushrooms. <laughs> well, I, I will say, you know, going into this film, Taylor, I, I will. Uh, it, it's funny for me. I, I was wondering, is this going to be similar for me for the first film where I kind of felt like the Jim Carrey humor was a little past my time? Like I felt a little too old for it because I'm not 15 watching him, you know, talk out of his ass and stuff. This film, he made me laugh multiple times. I thought it was funnier in this one because he is now the overly crazy version of Robotnik as opposed to the first film. Yeah, I think I think that was the kind of, I think that's what, you know, when you, when, remember we first re- we talked about that film and I remember we, we actually talked about it on this podcast when we talked about Jim Carrey, our inaugural episode of this podcast, and we actually reviewed uh, Jim Carrey, our favorite roles. Uh, I remember we had talked about this and, you know, both of our opinions kind of varied. On that note, thinking about where Dr. Robotnik is in this one, he's got more of the iconic look 
his performance makes more sense where I think he overdid it a little too much in that first one where it didn't fit his look to that point for his character. Well, because he came off more like this, uh, you know, special branch of like the military or like the scientist guy that the military was using. And then he, you know, they when Sonic does that big thing in the first film where he does the baseball field and a huge energy blast goes out, then he kind of is curious about this character. It, it was a little like, it would have been funny to see the kind of the subtle nature of it build into the full crazy, you know, villain in this because he is so crazy. It's just everything he did made me laugh. And because he is kind of the, he is the ultimate villain of the series, but his pairing with Knuckles was a fun element too, where, you know, we got the great Idris Elba voicing Knuckles, which was perfectly cast. Knuckles comes off very much like Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy in this film. He has no, like, <laughs> he has he a very, like, just says what he thinks and doesn't understand, like, sarcasm. It doesn't understand, like, the way Sonic would talk sometimes. It was just very matter-of-fact, everything. And, like, I am Knuckles. I am the hero. I will be the one. Like, it was just so funny to see how he talks. And, uh, and the pairing of him and Robonic, I thought, was really funny because... You have Jim Carrey being like the, the dastardly, like, Sonic, where are my manners? Meet Knuckles. He's my BFF AF. It's like best friend forever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so goofy. Um, but yeah, this whole beginning sequence of, if you all remember the post credit scene that Robotnik was ended up on this Mushroom Kingdom, seeing him on this planet, like making this whole contraption, very much like Pee Wee Herman in the Breakfast Machine, uh, to make this his, his mushroom coffee, if you will, and how he, he's like going through like this whole daily thing of like it's taken me multiple tries to get it right because that was such a funny thing about the first film is that he has to have his coffee just right, and it's of course all mushroom flavor, so he keeps spewing it out. I thought it was like a great like opening moment, but him trying to figure out a way to get off this planet because of course now all he wants to do is get revenge on Sonic. That's his big task because I need to take that hedgehog down and having Knuckles meet with him and, and all right, we're going to go and find this guy. And Sonic, you know, James Marsden, they, they did a really sweet thing from the first film where it is kind of like a father-son relationship. You know, he doesn't have any kids and he meets this blue hedgehog. And I mean, there's got to be something where your, your brain would go a little crazy, but their pairing is really sweet. I think it's a fun bonding thing, but Sonic, he's kind of like this team that's kind of like, I don't need you to tell me what to do. You know, I can do whatever. And I think there was a, there was a great message throughout this film of how Sonic has to grow up a little bit. You know, he's, he's playing the Batman angle thinking that he can just save anything when in reality he's causing more mayhem than actually doing good. I thought that was a, that was a great element from the first half of the film. Yeah. It carried over well as that, you know, we have to remember he's still like a kid. Like this is definitely like the, this is pre you know, game Sonic of all these ones where he's like epically powerful, knows what he's doing. He's still, he's still figuring it out. It's kind of made me interesting. It's almost like this is like the, the way of uh, Spider-Man, all three of those movies, one big origin story. Well, yeah. Cause when we get tails coming in here and tails having all these cool devices, very much like in the games and he's looking for Sonic and it was just great to see all these characters. I think, I think where this film benefited more than the first film is you're having all these characters from the game represented and having Robotnik really be the true Robotnik and having this film become a quest for the the Emerald 
which is such a big part of the video games. I mean, I remember so many of the games are based on that. So I think they did better with choosing, okay, what's the ultimate plot of this? You have kind of two versus two for a lot of the film because Knuckles is teamed up with Robotnik. But then there were some choices in this film that like we didn't need at all. Uh, this film came out to be like two hours long. I think you could have cut out a good 20 minutes of unnecessary. And there's two scenes in particular that I will talk about in a second here. And they could have elongated some of the more video game memorable moments. First off, in a very similar uh, nature to the first film, I feel like they were like, oh, you know what worked really great in the first film? This whole sequence where Sonic and James Marsden are in a bar and all these tough guys are trying to get to him and then he does slow-mo and all this stuff. They then follow that up with this film where Sonic and Tails go to this bar and have a giant dance fight sequence that was completely not needed. I I was like just so bored from it. I was like, I get it though. This is, you know, a lot of kids are going to come. And this is going to be fun for them to watch. But it felt like that was a waste of time. And then we have this whole Hawaii plot that really was not needed. Uh, James Marsden and his wife are going to this wedding of one of the characters from the first film. And of course, she was very upset uh, from the whole situation with Sonic in the first film. So don't mess this up for me. Don't mess it up, you know. And it goes on for like forever. There's there's a lot of scenes where it's just in Hawaii and nothing to do with Sonic. And I was kind of like, we don't need any of this. It felt like, it felt very out of place for this film. Do you agree? Yeah, well, I think... There's the balance where I felt in the first one, it was just the right balance with, you know, the human element to, you know, the Sonic video game element. But this one, now that we're getting the characters from the games like Tails and Knuckles, I think we need to rely less on that because no one's really caring about that plot. Where I think it was just the right, there was just the right amount of like James Mars inside of the, the story. And then this one kind of like this, it, yeah, it was just kind of too, I didn't really care for the characters, you know? Well, because, yeah, Rachel, who had this whole, you know, situation from the first movie where she was tied up and all this stuff, she has this really attractive fiancé and they're there for the wedding. And then you come to find out that actually he is a uh, undercover <laughs> agent for yeah. gun, guardian units of nations. Boy. And we have uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> And so it was all a ruse to try to capture Sonic because, of course, the government is still very much thinking that he is a threat. He's an alien threat to this planet. Well, now Rachel's going to be in the next movie. She's going to be upset that you made me have this fake <laughs> husband. Yeah, so it's, it's the she, she became She became Bridezilla and was, like, on the attack. And they had, like, this slow motion, like, her trying to you know, come out and, like, Randall! <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous. Um, and so, although... I get why some of it was in there. I just feel like it, it added length to the movie we didn't need. And I feel like we could have, uh, we could have done more with the whole Sonic and Tails going on the adventure versus, you know, Robotnik and Knuckles, because those are the best sequences in the movie. The first time they meet at the house and we see how powerful Knuckles is a whole situation where they, they're on this quest to find this, this Emerald and the whole snow sequence was really fun of you know all of robotics little uh drones going around and then sonic and, and knuckles like snowboarding down the mountain was like a really cool sequence and then getting to the whole actual going to find the emerald in this giant temple so much of that as a video game fan who's played these games was like 
little Easter eggs for me to enjoy. And I wish that actually would have been longer. I wish that sequence had been longer, but it was so fun to see like Sonic just like zooming over the, the water and then like Knuckles and Robotnik going through the temple with all the traps. And he was like, okay, I think I've realized that it happens every seven seconds. And then like the ax goes by and he goes, well, that was early. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like some of the jokes, like Jim Carrey, like, uh, did you call an Uber? Like, I think they were, they were just clever with the the writing for him this time. And then of course, yes, the big plot twist that we all saw coming that he really wants to take the animal for himself, you know, yeah. for mass chaos. And, and I think they did a good job of, they actually put the stepping stones of Knuckles keeps kind of questioning why, why did Sonic do that? Why did he help his friend and not do the quest? Or he kind of questions Robotnik at times. And I think that was a smart choice of, they're painting the picture that Knuckles eventually is going to fight for the good side. Yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, all of a sudden now you're good. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't like just an instant turn, which we've seen in some movies. It actually was earned that he, you know, the whole prelude they did from the first film where we know that Longclaw and the Owls fought the Echidnas and it was a whole battle. It was kind of neat to see that, you know, Sonic has, has dealt with the loss of that from his side. Knuckles dealing with loss of his family from that side as well so kind of seeing that two warring sides these two characters that are very similar although they have different powers and stuff kind of dealing from the same tragedy and that's a bonding moment for them that they would become friends yeah and i don't think knuckles has ever had a friend like you know even a robotic he thought was a friend turned on him and we have to bring up before we get to the big grand finale uh this because he's one of my favorite characters in this series i think they did a great job of continuing his uh his uh, role in this is uh, Stone, who is Robotnik's uh, little, you know, loyal assistant. I love that he has a coffee shop. Well, Robotnik is gone in the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, he has a coffee shop named Mean Bean, <laughs> which uh, is where the lair is. You know, it's secretly disguising the lair. Um, and just the fact that he's so loyal and, and always, you know, he's back and yeah. we got to close and he's sir, I've been steaming your ostrich milk this entire time. And Jim Carrey takes a sip and goes, could use some mushroom. <laughs> you see Stone's like so disappointed. <laughs> but to get to this element, Taylor, I think the ending with Robonic taking the emerald and becoming this like somewhat computerized super genius. But I love that he changed, would Jim Carrey would do those little nuances where he changed his voice to sound more robotic as he became corrupted? Like, hey, or like it was just like, that's the, the the beauty of Jim Carrey is you don't need special effects for him to do some of these sounds. It was just perfect. And him him taking all this stuff in the town and, and making this giant Robotnik oh my gosh, super so epic. Uh, robot. You could tell that they probably had Jim Carrey just like hanging in some green screen room for yeah, filming the inside of it. And I mean, the moment he was like, let's get it going. And he grabbed his leg and started playing like a guitar. I was laughing so hard. I think it was just so funny to see him like, yeah, just like running around and trying to like swing and stuff. It was so funny. What was great is this, this is something again, reminiscent of in the first one when he had that little, like, as he's doing, um, he's studying uh, Sonic's Quill and he's got the little music playing where evil grows. I was like, when you, that was the perfect, like about a physical comedy, like that was where, and <laughs> when I saw it in the trailer and the movie literally was just cracking up. But it was a great ending because they had, a super giant robot that's almost seems indestructible and has all these weapons and stuff and tails knuckles and sonic realizing we have to fight as a team this is our moment 
but the, the three of them coming together to fight uh, and distracting him and, and the way that they did the teamwork, it was really fun, especially because, you know, even though Robotnik has this giant machine, because it is a kind of a kid's movie, there's still a lot of the humor of like the way he gets taken down. And as a fan of the video games, and for those who also love playing Super Smash Bros and knowing what Sonic's ultimate power is, the fact that they actually did include at the tail end of the big fight, when you think all is lost, Sonic becoming like Super Saiyan Sonic oh, yeah. was so cool. I mean, I was like, oh my God, they're doing it. And just the fact that he was zooming around and he's so heroic looking and he can just, he just like rips off the big head and, and, and just, you know, Jim Carrey being ultimately defeated was, it just, it felt much more of a payoff than the first film because it was such an epic finale. I was like, this is awesome. Well, and they, and they left it, they left it open. We didn't, uh, and all fans. never saw Robotnik. Yeah. We, yeah. Have, we didn't see a body and, uh, which was, well, uh, that was quite a fall from that height. <laughs> I think. So <laughs> like, that big height, kahuna. <laughs> when the robot fell, I was kind of like, I'm sure he would have broken his back or something, but yeah, yeah, we, we get this. Okay. We have this family element now, Tom and Maddie, and they have, they're like three kids that are tails, knuckles and Sonic being like a team and being like family. I think it's a great way to leave off the film where you're like, now they're going to take on whatever comes next. But oh boy, what a great post credit scene. Okay, speaking of, yeah, good post credit scenes. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, after doing Morbius uh, yesterday, we're so glad that we had a great post credit scene. This moment of, well, we, uh, we couldn't find the, we couldn't find Robotic, we couldn't find the body. Um, and we see Stone just disguised as one of, the, one of the army men just there. And he's like looking around. He's like, but there were some coordinates happening. Where were they, they sent to? It was to this old bunker. This old uh, secret, of, you know, uh, underground lab, and then the military guy's like, "Oh my gosh, Project Shadow," and we see Shadow. And for those of you who don't really know the video games well, Shadow is like a evil version of Sonic, and uh, has very similar powers and looks really cool. He looks like a he looks like Rufio from uh, Hook. Yeah, he's got the red and black skunk kind of like spiky hair, uh, but a great setup and tease to a third film. And with lately Jim Carrey with this movie coming out, he has said he's possibly looking at retiring, but what's interesting is, you know, he's been doing this whole thing of I've done enough. I am enough. There was a line in the movie that Robotnik said, he's like, maybe after I take over the world and do everything, I'll been enough. So I think actually it might've been a little tease to the movie itself. But he has said that he would love for the third film. I think he's definitely going to do it. I'm sure he's contracted oh, yeah, yeah. to it. He wants to do Fat Robotnik, which we got a little tease of when Stone was looking at different costume possibilities for Robotnik. There was the classic real quick. He swiped it. So I think we might even see Robotnik even bigger and crazier in the third film. And I think what would be really smart for the third film is they need to do a lot of it not on Earth. I think it'd be cool to have it go to Sonic's kingdom, the Mushroom Kingdom. They need to go not do it on Earth, but obviously Shadow's going to come in. Yeah, maybe briefly, but yeah, this needs to be like a multiversal film. Hey, in the same style of uh, no, oh, no Way Home. But for me, I mean, even with a little bit of a long runtime and some scenes that I, I didn't really care for, 
the teamwork of these characters, Jim Carrey's humor, the fighting. For me, Sonic 2, I'm going to give an 8 out of 10. I really had a good time with it. It was really enjoyable. It was fun. And it made me more excited for what the third chapter will be uh, for Sonic. And also we've, we've uh, heard that there also will be a series based on Knuckles. Uh, and so I'm sure Idris Elba will continue to play Knuckles because he voiced it so well. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I love it. Well, you know what? I'm going to go just a little slightly more, but also for the reason you said, I'm going to go 9 out of 10 as well. Kept me more excited about the franchise, having not been a huge Sonic fan growing up. I'm, I'm definitely stoked. i got to go back and watch the first one again, and maybe you have to go see this one. So, And you guys can do that too, because Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is now in theaters. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.